Running for a Higher Purpose, Bishop Paprocki's new book is now available. We sit down with the bishop. This is Dive Deep. From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep. We dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Amber Servany, special guest because he's uh, Bishop Aprocki is right here. Bishop, uh, really quick, 24 marathons you have run. You've raised more than a half a million dollars for charity. Now you get a new book. Just came out March 21st, just in time for the running season. It's called Running for a Higher Purpose, Eight Steps to Spiritual and physical fitness. Bishop, good to see you. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Great to be with you. So you wrote this book really during the pandemic. That was one of the fruits you could say of the pandemic because it gave you a lot more time to write it. So really quick, right out, right out of the gate, uh, take us through why you, wrote, why you wrote this book and what ultimately you hope readers get out of reading it. Well, it's a follow-up to my first book, Holy Goals for Body and Soul, Eight Steps to Connect uh, Sports with God and Faith uh, by Ave Maria Press at uh, the University of Notre Dame. And um, that was, book was written more from a, a hockey perspective, from my experience as a goalie, the holy goalie. And um, uh, Ave Maria Press told me they, they thought it did pretty well, so they wanted me to do a follow-up book uh, with my other um, sports hobby, which is running, specifically marathon running. So, uh, you know, they noted that there are a lot of people running these days and um, getting into marathons. And so they actually asked me to write sort of a how-to book. So it's, um, it is a how-to book in the sense if somebody's thinking about, you know, their, their couch potato and never got, in, uh, got into running, it's like, what, what does that entail? Uh, or if you're a runner and thinking, gee, I've been running for a number of years, maybe I'd think about doing a marathon. I actually give some tips in there about how to do that. But it's also uh, interwoven with a lot of spiritual stories because one of my main points in the book is there's, there's a close relationship between body and soul. You don't divide the, the two. Uh, and I think most marathon runners will tell you that, that in order to run a marathon, you have to have uh, deep stores of you know, spiritual um, depth in order to have the conviction and the fortitude uh, to run a marathon. On the other hand, Running a marathon will certainly help you physically uh, to be strong. Uh, and, and I find running, not just running a marathon, but running in general, uh, I feel better. I, th I think more clearly, maybe because of the oxygen and blood flowing in my brain, but uh, I, th I think that really goes well together. So uh, that's what I try to do with this book, and I hope that'll be helpful for the, uh, people that are trying to grow uh, both in their spiritual and their physical fitness. And right now it's available at holygoalie.net. And while you're there, you can also check out the other book uh, Bishop just mentioned, holygoalie.net. And also I want to let you know later in this podcast, we're going to let you know where you can go to sign up to get a free signed copy of Bishop's new book, Running for a Higher Purpose. So make sure to keep listening. We'll give you that website so you can uh, sign your name up and hopefully maybe you are the winner. Now, Bishop, one thing I took away from this book, cause I'm not a runner. I'm not a marathon runner. I got, well, Amber's run two, you've run 24. I've run, I don't know, five miles, maybe <laughs> once. Um, and, and, and the big thing for me is, you know, I think some people might say, well, I'm not a runner. So this book maybe isn't for me. Um, but I didn't take that approach. I, a, I found it interesting, the tips and process for how you all gear up for marathons and run marathons. But I was kind of, you know, whether you play sports, whether you run a business, whether you're trying to raise a family, all those notions of how you still prepare for things as a runner, I think you can assimilate them in other aspects of your life. Would that be true? And, and also how you um, how you kind of wrote the book, even though it's, it's a running, you know, it's all about running, but we can take a lot away from it, even if you're not a runner. 
Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, I do encourage any kind of exercise. It doesn't have to necessarily be running. But if you're, you're thinking that, uh, gee, I just need to do something to get physically fit, I hope the book will be a motivator for that. But uh, definitely, I think the steps that I outline in the book are steps that will help uh, in your, your conviction, your fortitude to, uh, to actually run a marathon, but also in, in daily life. Um, our, our lives are like, sort of like running a marathon, you know, and we have lots of uh, obstacles and difficulties to get through. And if we use some of these same principles, I think it'll help us. So uh, the eight steps are basically uh, steps that I think will help uh, in terms of running, but they, they're also uh, helpful in terms of the spiritual life. They all start with R's. So I've got review, reform, resolve, repeat, renew, relax, reward, rejoice. You know, so it's like, all right, so review, uh, that kind of starts out with in terms of your physical fitness, you kind of review your your, your physical state, and you might say, gee, I'm out of shape, I'm overweight, uh, I gotta do something about this. Well, in the spiritual life, we call that an examination of conscience. You know, So you, you look over your life on how are you doing in terms of, uh, are you living a virtuous life or are you living too many vices? You know, So that's our review. Reform is you make up your mind um, that um, I, I've gotta change this. And, uh, and so it's, uh, again, it's uh, in, in the, Physical fitness, it's like, okay, I've, I've, I'm going to have to do something. And so you start looking at what do I want to do? Do I want to swim? Do I want to run? Do I want to lift weights? Uh, and you start looking around, how am I going to reform my life? Same in the spiritual life. Uh, what are the things that I need to do? What are the practices to reform uh, and improve my life? Resolve then is make up your mind. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to run a marathon. Or you know, I, one of the points in the book is even with marathon running, it's incremental. So you know, if, if you're a couch potato and you're not doing any, any exercise, it's probably not a good idea to say, I think I'm going to resolve to run a marathon next week, you know. <laughs> so you start out incrementally. Maybe you run a block or two blocks, you know, and then you kind of work your way up. Um, repeat then is, uh, well, and running, if you're doing laps, we call those repeats, you know. So it's just the whole point of marathon training is you, you got to run every day and do your long run once a week. You can't go out there and do one um 15 mile run and say, okay, I'm good. I'll do a marathon. Similarly, in your spiritual life, you can't say, well, I went to mass last week. That's good for the next 10 years. <laughs> you know, you got to keep repeating it. Go every week to mass, you know, renew. This is all about how the whole point is how we renew ourselves physically and spiritually. Uh, relax. I also put that point in there. Even in our marathon training program, we have what we call cutback weeks. So you increase your mileage every week, but then you got to let your body recover. And so even spiritually, you know, we have we have the Sabbath, we have Sundays, we have our day of rest, uh, that we, we uh, have times that we have to just kind of sit quietly with ourselves and let our, our bodies and our souls recover. Um, reward or relax, you know, we renew and relax as, as we have to renew ourselves. And then reward is uh, there should be some reward for what we're doing, you know. So when you run a marathon or you're doing your training, your reward is you finish the marathon. And in our spiritual life, our, our re reward is, uh, is eternal life, you know, and then Finally, rejoice. Uh, when you finish a marathon, you're pretty happy about that. It's a great feeling. Uh, and similarly, in our in our um, spiritual lives, the whole point is uh, is the joy of eternal life that we look forward to. Um, so you had there were I, I really enjoyed the book, but there was one thing I thought was really interesting. I think when people think of running, it's a real independent thing that you you do on your own. You kind of tackle by yourself. Um, but you had this really beautiful um, analogy to religion and actually being like running and tying it to um, team. Can you kind of talk about that? I thought that was a really excellent point. 
Uh, yes, I've been running uh, for years pretty much by myself. And when I got into to marathon running, it's uh, it's kind of interesting how I got into that even. I have a number of stories that I tell in, in the books. And so even my decision to run marathons is an interesting story because uh, I was with my brothers. I have six brothers, by the way, and we, we all like hockey. So it was after a, one of our, our hockey games that we were playing. We were out for pizza and just uh, it was right after Christmas, before New Year's. And so we were going around the table talking about New Year's resolutions. And uh, they got to me and and uh, I just kind of blurted out. I said, I think I'll run a marathon next year. And I'm not even sure where that came from. And then my youngest brother, Alan, was next to me. And he said quite seriously, oh, I'm thinking of doing that too. And I realized he was serious, like, oh, no. <laughs> this is like throwing down the gauntlet, you know. So before you knew it, we were both training for the 1995 marathon. He lived in the western suburbs and I was in Chicago. Uh, so I was doing most of my training by myself on the lakefront. We did our 20 mile, uh, our, our final uh, long training run together on the lakefront. But uh, the following year, uh, I joined the Chicago Area Runners Association and I used to run with a group on the lakefront. And that made a lot of difference. Uh, I actually took a half hour off my time my second year because you know, when you're out there training by yourself, you know, it's just, uh, it's just harder to push yourself when you're by yourself. And when you're with a group, sometimes you're feeling maybe a little sluggish or something, but the group is moving and you don't, you don't want to be the one that's kind of lagging behind. So you just kind of push yourself or the group is pulling you. So it's definitely true, I think, in the spiritual life as well. You know, I, I think, unfortunately, in our, in our culture, we're such individualists that a lot of people, they'll even say that, you know, they don't need to go to church. They can just do this on their own. Uh, sort of like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way, you know. Uh, but the problem there too, like like uh, training and running, um, when you do it by yourself, it's just easy to to kind of uh, get sluggish. And and when you do get sluggish, uh, you you can back off and say, well, you know what, I just I don't feel like praying right now. But when you're part of a community, and that's what the church is, it's a community of faith. Um, and it's important to be, to be part of that community, not just to show up, but be part of it. You know, when, when somebody doesn't come to church, for example, it, it, it should be that others miss that person, you know, and will maybe even call and say, hey, you weren't at church Sunday. Not, not that they're, you know, trying to point out, the, you know, calling them into task is more out of concern. It's like, uh, especially if it's an older person, I didn't see you in church on Sunday. Are you okay? You know, and so you get that sense of, of community, um, and going because it's, there's there's a sense of well I I, I want to go to church because I want to be part of the community and 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 so I think the community aspect is important both for physical training and for our spiritual well being. Another, another interesting thing that that I um, you you talk, touched on this in your book is our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think so often in our culture, of course, with eating what we consume with our eyes, what we do with our hands, we forget that. We are not, you know, our bodies should be temples of the Holy Spirit. God owns our bodies, um, and physical fitness is part of that. Um, is that how, how important do you think it is for for us to remember that that mindset of how we what we do in our lives, especially physically, mentally, and and psychologically? We always have to have are are we are we what what, what we're doing? Are we glorifying God in our actions in our thoughts? Well, yes, yeah, so we were created by God, and so, so our, our very bodies are part of God's creation. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, we're made in the image and likeness of God. 
And, and so that being the, the case, we should take care of our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, you know, in terms of, of exercising and not letting our, 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 our bodies, uh, you know, get too, too out of shape or whatever, it's, it's re- I think respecting that creation is saying, God gave me this body, I should take care of it. It's like if you, if you, got, uh, if you got a new car, one of the things when I do confirmations and I meet with the, the confirmandi, the candidates before confirmation, I have these little Father Dominic Rankin, my, my master of ceremonies, and I have this little talk with them about vocations. And we, we always ask them to use an analogy, say, well, what's your favorite car? I'm amazed at the number of kids that their favorite car is a Lamborghini. <laughs> you know, so it's all right. You want to get a Lamborghini. That's great. So when was the last but, time you saw a Lamborghini <laughs> in Central Illinois? I know. <laughs> Every once in a while you get somebody, so I want a Ford pickup truck. I said, well, that's okay. <laughs> great. But the point there is, you know, confirmation is that we get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You get a gift, you don't use the gift. I mean, the point of the analogy is you get a Lamborghini. Well, what if you just let it sit and rot in your driveway? You never drive it. You never use it. You don't change the uh, oil. You don't, uh, you know, fill the tires uh, with air. I mean, it just it falls apart, you know. And, and so the same thing with our bodies. God gave us our bodies. It's a great gift that uh, we keep our bodies uh, in shape rather than uh, let them atrophy. I, I think that's one way of honoring God's creation. I think, too, you told a story um, about people forgetting that you actually you, you return, we're going to return to our bodies one day. People think that they become like angels when they right. die. And I thought that was an interesting point. That yes, you are united. That is an important point. You know, we even say in the creed that we believe in the resurrection of the body. That comes at the end of the creed. And we're talking about our bodies, you know, because earlier in the creed is when we talk about Jesus rising from the dead. When we say that we believe in the resurrection of the body, we're, we're talking about the belief that our bodies will be raised up someday when Christ comes again at the second coming. Uh, people ask sometimes, well, what does that mean? What, what's a, re- a glorified body going to be like? And I say, well, I th- we get a hint of that from Jesus himself, who shows us his glorified body after the resurrection. When he appeared, uh, he apparently was not constrained by locked doors, uh, but he still had uh, signs of the wounds uh, from the nails in his hands and his feet and his side. And, uh, but he, and he ate, so there was some physical sense of that, but it was a glorified body. And so I, I was talking about that once at a confirmation and there, one of the confirmation candidates uh, had some physical disability that had, had him constrained in a wheelchair, basically immobile. And I was talking about the fact that our hope, our, uh, what we're looking forward to is when we die and at the second coming, you know, when we die, we're not going to just be spirits forever. Um, We'll, we'll be temporarily in a spiritual state, but when, when Christ comes again, we will be raised up with a glorified body. And what that means is there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more sickness, no disease or disabilities. And the young man in the wheelchair just let out a, 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 a shout, is yay! <laughs> and I can imagine, I can just imagine how that must have sounded to him. Here he is constrained in a wheelchair and the idea that someday his body won't be stuck in that wheelchair. That was a great thing. Holygoalie.net. That's where you can purchase Bishop Paprocki's new book, Running for a Higher Purpose. Again, later in this podcast, we'll give you a website where you can enter to win a free signed copy of Running for a Higher Purpose. All right, Bishop, so 24 marathons you've run. What has been the hardest and what has been the coolest? Oh, the hardest. Um, well, probably my the, the marathon I ran was my third marathon in 1997, when I qualified to run in Boston, because then I was running to meet a time. 
So I needed, I had just turned 45 and my qualifying time was a 325, which uh, averages out at a, a 7.45 pace per mile. So I knew I had to do a 7.45, uh, but I also knew from my training that I tend to slow down as I go along. You know, the, the elite runners get faster when <laughs> as they get to the end. I can't do that. So I use a, a strategy that's somewhat risky. I go out fast and then I hang on for dear life. <laughs> so Amber, was that your strategy? <laughs> uh, no, I'm like the, I certainly don't run that pace. So there's that, but I'm like the, um, the tortoise, like slow and steady wins this race for me. I just needed to get to the end. So I was like, start out slow and finish slow. <laughs> so I have a story that, that goes with that in terms of my, my qualifier uh, for Boston. Uh, so I said I needed a 745. So a couple of the guys that I, I ran with pretty regularly, we trained together at the same pace, Greg Wurcherek and Brian Gilpin. And so our agreement was we would go out together. Uh, but uh, it was also understood that if somebody wanted to go faster, that was fine. If somebody wanted to slow down, that was fine. We weren't necessarily bound to stay together. Well, we actually ran a half marathon together. We did 13.1 miles at a 715 pace. And we were, we were moving, I thought, pretty well. And then Greg, kind of a tall, lanky guy, he says he wants to pick it up at the half. And Brian and I both said, go for it. <laughs> so sure enough, at the half, he, he picked it up. And Brian and I stayed together uh, until about Chinatown. This was in Chicago, uh, about mile 19. And uh, at that point, Brian said he wanted to pick up the last 6.2 miles at mile 20. And now this, I'm slowing down now. So I was like, okay, Brian, you go for it. Uh, he no longer, no sooner says that than he pulls up with a cramp and, uh, this, so I stopped with him actually, cause I, I had not stopped at all. I thought, well, I'll do a little stretching here. So I stopped and stretched with him. We worked out his cramp. We continued running. We got to Sox park, which now is about mile 20 and, um, he pulls up with another cramp. And, uh, this time I, I knew I was getting close on my time. So I said, see you later, Brian. <laughs> so I take off by myself now. And I go about another half mile and there's Greg walking by himself and I'm going by him and Greg, what, what happened? He goes, ah, crashed and burned. So he went a little too fast. So it was like the tortoise and the hare story because I'm just kind of plodding along now. I'm doing like eight fifteens uh, and they finished, they did finish, but a couple minutes behind me. But uh, so I got my, my seven forty five pace by doing a seven fifteen first half and an eight fifteen the second half. But, um, but that was probably the most grueling because I was trying to make that time. The, uh, the coolest one is, of course, Boston. I mean, you run the Boston Marathon. Uh, it's just tremendous to be out there. It's a point to point. It starts out in Hopkinton. You take a bus out to the start line. You, well, you go to the, the finish line and get on a bus and they drive you out to the start line. So you're driving 26.2 miles and you're driving and you're driving and you uh -huh. think, I got to run all the way back. <laughs> you know, so you run, start in Hopkinton and you run through all these uh, towns outside of Boston. Eventually you work your way into Boston. Uh, and then it's a, it's a great thing when you're, you're, uh, you're coming to, it finishes in downtown Boston. So you pass Fenway Park. Uh, this is, by the way, it's on Patriots Day, which is uh, a holiday. It's a Monday, uh, the last uh, Monday in April. And uh, it's a holiday, and so they always have a daytime uh, a Red Sox game. And uh, they time it so that as most of us, the pack is running past Fenway Park, the ball game is ending, and people are coming out of the ballpark. And then you, you, you turn, you see the big, big sit-go sign, and you know you're almost at the finish line. That's really cool. <laughs> and now you've also run other places around the country. Haven't you run marathons around the world, too? I have. I run in Athens, which is the original course from the town of Maratanos Marathon where the name comes from, into Athens. 
the story there is the original marathon was run by Pheidippides in 495 BC, and uh, he was a messenger. So he was running uh, after a battle in Marathon to uh, announce the outcome of the battle. He arrives in Athens, and he makes the announcement with one word in Greek, Nike, which we say Nike, which basically means victory. So he announces, we won, and he dropped dead. (laughs) So it was like, if you can can run 26 miles without dropping dead, that was why the marathon became... uh, a challenge. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we ran, uh, I ran um, in Rome on uh, January 1st, 2000. I thought that would be a pretty cool way to start the millennium. So we actually started in St. Peter's Square. There were about 5,000 of us running. And uh, it was after the noon Angelus. So Pope John Paul II came out to his window, did the Angelus. He must have been told we were out there because he waved at us and he said, Buona Maratona, have a good marathon. <laughs> And then we took off. And, uh, a little bit different than Pope Francis, who says, go have a nice lunch. <laughs> That's right. No. <laughs> yeah, he said, go have a good marathon. And then my third mar- international was in, in Dublin. And uh, that was cool, too, running through uh, the city of Dublin. Do we know uh, the, who ran the first marathon? What was his name? In- Phaedipides. Do we know, even if it's like a pious legend, how long it took him to run it? Do oh, his time. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't think anybody clocked him. I'd love to know that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, you're... Now let's talk a little bit more about the, the spiritual aspects. I know, I know you touched on it as as well. One thing I like about the book is is at the end of each chapter you have uh, an you have you have inspirational quotes, you have a personal promise statement, and then a prayer, which I think always kind of wraps up the the chapter really well um, and ties in to your point of really everything we do physically needs to be connected with our soul. And you know, I know you mentioned as even as like a goalie, if if your mind isn't right, if your soul isn't right, it's going to come out in your physical performance as well. Well, yes, definitely. So, you know, one of the reasons I, I got into running is because um, my family has a history of heart disease. So my three of my grandparents died in their 50s before I was born. And so when I was in high school, I was reading about the, uh, the cardiovascular benefits of aerobic training, which is marathon, swimming, biking. Those are aerobic exercises. They work your, your heart and your lungs your cardiovascular system. So I, I just, I, that's why I started doing it. And then I told you how I eventually got into to marathon running. But, uh, you know, I, I think the point there was, uh, if I want to live past 55, I better do something uh, like this. So that's what got me into running. And, and yes, it's all these years. I mean, um, my, my blood pressure is good. My cholesterol is good. The physically it's, it's been very good, but also spiritually and mentally, you know, people talk about the runner's high. Is it real? At, yes, I've, I experienced the runner's high. Usually not so much while I'm running, but after I'm, I'm done. Um, and it's not just the relief that I'm done running, but it's uh, you definitely, you have these chemicals, they're natural chemicals in your brain, endorphins, and it just kind of, you just get this great euphoric feeling. And um, I think that's one of the things that's uh, some ways, some ways addictive in a, in a good sense. You know, I think almost every marathon runner I've I've talked to, uh, when you finish that first marathon, it's it's pretty grueling. And uh, my reaction, as others, is I don't ever want to do this again. <laughs> you know, but it's very uh, very strange, and not just m- myself, but others. It's like a few weeks go by, and you just start to get antsy, and you know, you get this pent up energy. It's like I got to get out there and run, and uh, eventually I got to do another marathon. You know, and I and. And that's, uh, for me, maybe it's a little bit of self-competition. I can do better next time than I did. Uh, do you have one time. planned right now? Do, you have, do I have one planned? Well, 
Uh, yes, I'm, I was supposed to run Indianapolis last November, and that got canceled. So uh, I'm hoping to run Indy this year. So that'll be 25. It'll be 25. Are you going to try to, are you like Tom Brady, and you're just going to keep going? <laughs> or is is it 25 is this happy number, and then you're going to, what, what, any any long-term plans here, Bishop? Well, uh, my, my happy number is 26 for a couple of reasons. One, I kind of figure, well, a marathon's 26.2 miles, so maybe 26 would be a good number to end on. Also because uh, when I finish a marathon, you know, they take your picture at the, at the finish line and they give you a medal. So for every marathon I've run, I have framed uh, the, the finish line picture with my medal. And I've got them uh, in the hallway outside my bedroom at the cathedral rectory. And I've got uh, 13 on one row and I've got room for 13 on the second row. So I've got room for 26 pictures. And so I've got room for two more pictures. And then after that, I'd, I'd have to start another wall somewhere. So maybe I'll just finish it at 26. <laughs> so if it is 26, do you have, like, is there like an ultimate marathon? Like, or would you, would you go back to Chicago since that's, since that's where you started or maybe do it in spring? Do you have this, the 26 has to be in this certain spot? Yeah, I, I haven't decided that yet. You know, that's a good question. Uh, my brother, Alan, and I ran uh, our first marathon together in Chicago. So, um, and I noticed he's, uh, you know, he, he got out of running for a few years there. He ran a couple of marathons after that first one, but he got out of, sh- out of shape literally. And, and, and he's, I noticed in the last few months on his Facebook page, he's been put, doing quite a bit of running and he's lost a hundred pounds. Oh my. So <laughs> I think he's gearing up to do another marathon with me. So, um, if we maybe we'll do Chicago again, uh, That'd be great. Do you guys have a little, little brotherly competition? Is you guys try to? Is there a little bit of like you know, there, you want to beat your brother type thing? Oh no, actually, we, oh, we, the way you responded there, Bishop, well, was very okay. There is I, all right, a little tell. bit, all maybe right. a little bit, but I have to say that first, the first marathon we ran, we ran pretty much side by side the whole way. And in fact, the, the finish, the photo at the finish line, and Alan and I are coming crossing the finish line together. But I remember in the book, he sl- he beat you by just a hair. Maybe he's and, and, one step ahead of me. And then you said, well, because I'm younger, I, it didn't matter. I, I was thinking at the end, maybe you're running along. And then at the last second, you're like, yeah, you, you chirped <laughs> it. Better, like, I got you. It's a good way to end. <laughs> All right. Well, um, again, you can purchase Bishop Aprocki's new book by going to holygoalie.net. I mentioned if you'd like to register to win a free signed copy, here's the website, dial.org slash podcast. Uh, that's where you'll see a button there. You can punch your information, and we will be giving away two free books from Bishop Aprocki, his new book, Running for a Higher Purpose. Again, holygoalie.net, though, if you'd like to purchase it. Bishop Aprocki, uh, really appreciate you coming on. The book is excellent. Amber and I were talking. It's an easy read. Uh, you do a great job telling stories, and that, that moves the book along. And, and again, I think it's really relatable, even if you're not a marathon runner. Uh, you know, again, I run maybe one to three miles, so it's interesting for me. But again, I think you can apply it uh, to other physical things you're doing. And of course, the spiritual element of well is, is, as well, it just applies across the board. So really good stuff in there. Bishop Aprocki, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. God bless. This has been Dive Deep. If you'd like more podcasts as well, sign up to get that free book, dial.org slash podcast. That's where everything's at. Until next time, we'll see you right here on Dive Deep.